They're pretty. All right. All right, morning, everyone. All right, if you'd like to stand, we'll, we'll worship here together. <clears throat> we'll, uh, pray real quick. Um, Lord, thank you for this day. Um, thanks for a new day and a, and a chance um, to hear you. May, uh, may we know your presence and, um, and know you today. All throughout my history, your faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms made way for spring. In every season where I am standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life all over my life i see your promises and fulfillments all over my life all over my life so help me remember when i'm weak fear may come but fear will leave you train my heart victory you are my strength and always will be i see the evidence of your goodness all over my life all over my life i see your promises and fulfillments all over my life all over my evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises and fulfillments all over my life, all over my life. See the cross, the empty grave, the evidence is endless. All my sins rolled away because of you, Jesus. See the cross, the empty grave, endless. All my sins rolled away because of you, Jesus. 
on my other capo, sorry, real quick. This'll do. Right. All right, we'll do another one here. This m may sound like a Cat Stevens song because the tune is a Cat Stevens song. the 
Good morning. My name is Harvey, um, and I'm up here to talk about um, things that God had talked to you and how God entered your life this past week. And um, we're going to have a show of hands so we can start that way. So just just raise your hand. <laughs> Good morning. I'm Ed. So I've been absent the last couple of weeks uh, as part of me witnessing the Lord. Uh, about more than a year ago, I met a couple from San Clemente through my business partner. Uh, and, the, and the wife is her cousin. So I met them and they, they had been called to come to Lake Orion to plant a church. And last Sunday was the, the launch, the first ever meeting of this church. And, you know, we all wondered, what would this be like? You know, there's a lot of social media about it, a lot of mailers, a lot of interest group meetings. 350 people showed up at a church plant. And many of these folks were either had, they were all, not many, not all, but many of them were unchurched. Uh, friends of mine who, you know, had just not found the right church. Uh, people who knew about Jesus, but weren't very sure. But all these people, the Holy Spirit called into this, into this church, and it was really a powerful experience. Um, and I'm going to just tell you about a couple women that my friend who has her own gift of, of, um, witnessing, seeing, hearing God's call to enter a young woman's life and, and be there for that young woman. And um, the first woman she talked to was pregnant, you know, in her early 20s and didn't know what to do. So I'm going to ask you to pray for that woman because we know we want her to have the baby. And the other woman was someone who only had, again, in her mid-20s, only had three to four months to live. And I'm going to ask you to pray for her, too. But the miracle is, and I'm not someone who worries a whole lot about seeing miracles, because I hear them in my head all the time. And, and he's performed miracles in my life, and I'm, you know, eminently grateful for that. 
So that's number one witness. And number two is um, my mother lives here in Royal Oak with my sister-in-law's mother. And it's been marvelous because they're now in their sec the second half of their 90s and they've lived together for nine years. Well, my sister-in-law's mother is passing and going home and she has hospice care in the house. But my sister-in-law has decided to move these two moms into her home a little bit farther north in Royal Oak. And um, I think because of the, the, the combination of, of, my mother's name is Sally, Evelyn passing, my mother eyewitnesses, and this may be kind of unkind, but I'm, I'm witnessing her psychosomatically like passing. She's not. We went to the beauty salon on Friday. She's fine, but she's very depressed. And um, we're going to move them on Tuesday. And my mother is really kind of worked up about this because of her stuff, right? And my sister, who lives in Hawaii, who can't be here to help, wants to help, you know, over the phone and over FaceTime and wants to make sure that I get her involved over FaceTime with everything that's going on, including going through each drawer of a dresser with her. You know, it's, this is where I always need the Lord's help because anyway. Um, so yesterday, um, my, my, and my sister Linda, is really the conductor of all of this. She's organized it all. She knows what's going on. She needs our help, but she's in charge. And I believe she's in charge because it's moving into her house. So she gets to regulate what goes in and what goes out. And I think my mother doesn't really like that, although she and Linda get along really well. So anyway, yesterday, I'm like on my way over to the mom's house and I'm asking the Lord to help me because I could be really, you know, controlling about all this. And he guided me through this. And um, I was able to, when I walked in, Linda called me off to the side and said, your mother's like on fire right now, so you need to deal with her. And um, I knew my sister Mary was waiting by the phone in Hawaii at like four in the morning for a call, a FaceTime, so she could participate in this. And I just decided, no, that's not what the Lord's asking me to do right now. So I brought my mother into the bedroom, we sat down on her bed, and we had a, just a nice chat about everything in the room and, you know, what she wanted to take with her and how it was going to get there. And, you know, through it all, the Lord guided us. Linda came in, and um, by within about five minutes, she was very, my mother was very calm and ready to do this and, and completely agreed with the plan that Linda had made days earlier. And, and I asked her like three different times and the Lord was still with her each time about her agreement. So to me, I just, you know, it, it reinforced for me that, that when I start to feel like I got to take over, I need to talk to him because he's in charge. So anyway, thank you for bearing with me here. And thank you, Harvey, for doing this. Thank you. I'm going to make it. I'm still it. Hi. I'm Nikki. Um, uh, family ministry director here. If I cry, I'm sorry. 
Um, but I am, for those of you who don't know, who don't have kids in the program, I am phasing out of my position here at Genesis by the end of October. Um, and where I've seen God in this um, is I was able to go and spend a weekend with a handful of women from Genesis who are who are my people, like, that I love. I've been a part of Genesis for 18 years, been on staff for 12. Um, Danielle was six months old when I found Genesis at Keller. Um, family ministry team was there among some other women, and it felt beautiful and wonderful and full. And in the transition, I'm realizing they're still my people and this is still my home. And I was so afraid um, that when I stepped out of serving that I would lose my people. And mm -mm. he assured me 100% that I am here even if I am not serving, that this is my community and my people. I will still be volunteering because kids are my, my thing, my jam. Um, and I'm wondering where God's gonna move me and my gifts and my talents and what he has for me. So I started working at Trader Joe's on Woodward. So if you guys wanna come and see me, come and see me. I'm 5 a.m. to 1 p.m., crazy morning person. Um, all over the store, I love it. I was able to help um, a mom, new mom, who's having issues with nursing. I nursed all four of mine and able to support and help and talk and yeah, it was, awesome and i've seen a dozen people i know my worlds are all merging so for this season when i grow up and figure out what my next phase is god has me you guys have me and i'm grateful for it and i'm grateful for you guys so nikki there's an old saying that you can be replaced but you're irreplaceable. Amen? Yeah. Um, I was hoping I could hear something about somebody's granddaughter who was an incredible young lady, but maybe there's nothing. Oh. <laughs> wow. Well, you're not going to hear about Lily, uh, but you're going to hear about Easton, uh, our grandson, who was born a few weeks ago, uh, a little bit premature, and had some uh, short-term challenges that uh, kept him in the hospital for about three and a half weeks. Sharon was there. Was it last week you came home? Yes, Sharon was there, and uh, he came home on my birthday. Um, and one of the things that they talked about that allowed him to come home earlier than than they were talking about was the the uh, love and support of the family that were able to hold him and help him through some of the the challenges that he was facing and just love the the power of love and i believe also the power of prayer i've had it up in the prayer list for the last few weeks so i want to thank everybody who prayed for little easton and uh he's home and uh and pray for me because I'm inundated with photos and videos and I'm a dad and so I, I give a lot of dad jokes, you know, so, so just, just pray for me that, and for Sharon. 
Thank you. Someone else. Hello. My name is Molly, and I actually just want to share about my teenagers, Sam and Elliot and Karina's up there. Um, I just feel so thankful for your friendship with each other. Like when I think about Sam and Elliot in particular, if I thought, how could I think of two people really opposite of each other? It'd be hard for me to think of two people more opposite than you guys. But um, I just, it's something you pray about. Like you can really try to enforce your kids being respectful of each other. I don't know if you can force them to love each other. Um, so it's something that Seth and I pray about a lot. And I feel like we're seeing the fruit of that. And I'm just so grateful. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Um, so kind of hopping on the theme of family, um, I've been kind of in and out like this fall at church, just a lot of uh, really busy season with like work stuff and getting married. And um, two weeks ago, I was here when Mama Amanda was speaking. And I sat there thinking when she said, hey, you know, God, help me to forgive the way that you forgive. I sat there and I just like heard Jesus whispering in my head, like your mom, talk to your mom. Um, and I know that some of you know my story, but I've had a really uh, complicated relationship with my parents for the last two years. But that day I sat in church and I just knew my mom was going to text me and I'm like, all right, let's just gear up for this. Let's just see what's going to happen. And sure enough, Sunday night, my mom texts me. And the entire day, I just kept whispering in my head, like, God, help me to forgive the way that you forgive. That the hurts that are there, like, you know, they'll heal over time. But please just help me to not feel feelings, feel weird about my mom texting me. So she did. And it was like really like surface level, like, hey, how are you? How's work doing? But I just knew that it was gonna it was the start of something so over the last two weeks she's continued to text me she's said like hey um you know why haven't you come over which was a weird thing i haven't been over in almost a year but i just feel this peace about it even though there is still some hurt and i know that there's hurt on both sides that at some point um, we'll have a conversation, but I know that that's the sign of the Lord's faithfulness over the hurt of the last two years and that God is slowly mending things. And so that has just been really, really cool um, and really exciting because for the last two years, you guys have all been my family and I found my weird little crew here that love me well, but you know, I miss my mom, so yeah. Someone else? Well, I've, I'm just, okay, I can't run. <laughs> a lot of you know that we're a um, foster home, and reunification is always the goal, and it's that's extremely complex because a lot of the system's supports end uh, after a couple months of reunification. And so 
princesses back at our house right now, and so is her two-year-old sister. And that's a lot. Um, and her one-year-old sister went into safe families. And so we're trying to, um, we're trying to coordinate through all of the friends that I have in the system um, a three-week plan in order for her mom to be able to get into housing. And so right now her mom is actually in a shelter um, and the kids are all around. So we, we've been getting some access to Prin, which has been amazing. Like we've had her in dance classes and um, her mom has been very open to us being a part of it. This was not planned. This was an emergency situation. And Tina and I had fully accepted moving into like the second half of life which was like, oh, we used to be a foster family. And that was a good thing that we did for a long time. And this is not in the foster system. So I guess we're holding to that. But uh, we now have you know, a four-year-old and a two-year-old as of last night. Um, and then we just need prayer about it because a lot of people here are afraid about um, princess's mom being open to us and this like emergency has caused that so it's like okay thanks for your prayers but now like what's the next level of prayers because we don't have the answers and you can't you know you you can shake trees in the system but at the end of the day if there's no if there's no family shelter space available there's no family shelter space and so we have to figure out how to be family then for the, for the kids. Um, so for Tina and I and Edith and Rome and Ataya who are all at home and are gonna be trying to make a safe space for these little girls, uh, we need prayer. And then for breakthrough or continued breakthrough um, in Princess's mom's life and that there would be that we would be surprised by the way that the system comes to her aid. That's my prayer. Because the, the system got us to this spot, right? And so it's like, okay, how do we redeem that and see God's kingdom breakthrough? So we covet your prayers. We're currently working on a three-week plan. And I know that Tina and I will need uh, energy to have a two-year, like four-year-old, cool. Like Prince, you know, she just kind of slots in. But adding a two-year-old, that's like the next level. And probably not like my favorite age, if we're being honest. So thank you for your prayers. Amen. Anyone else? Well, just one more thing I want to say about Carmel and Sandy. When Carmel does come back, She's going to sit right there, smiling as if nothing ever happened to her because she knows God has got her. And so I watch before service starts to make sure if she's here, if she's not here, but if she's here, I'm going to jump up and down and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then Sandy Van Eck. 
Sandy was a member of this church, what, Beverly, 55, 60 years? And she used to sit right here, right with Beverly. And she's having a hard time as well. Ooh, I'm getting dizzy again. Um, um, one thing she's having uh, an incredible problem with is trying to get her dog to live with her. And they're giving her a hard time. So we pray for Carmel. Pray for Sandy. And okay, that's it. And now we're going to have one more song, right? And it's called Stay and Wait. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it is, that is. Um, we'll sing it together. And in fact, it's, it's a good one um, about transitions because I'm, you know, hearing so many transitions and whether some are difficult and then some are where you see hope and, and joy. Um, and this one is about staying, sticking to God in, in the hard in the hard times, right? So if you'd like, you can get up to sing or sit. Or... Who spoke the earth and the sky to four? Who sets the sun and calls the dawn? Who breathed me out from dust to life? With the will to trust or run and hide, I will stay should the world by me fold. Lift up your name as the darkness falls. I will heart on your heart and my eyes on your heart on your heart and my eyes on your who loved me through my rebel way chose to carry all my shame, who breathed me in from endless life, the King of glory, Jesus Christ, I will stay should the world by me fold, lift up your name as the darkness falls, I will Let my soul stand to always praise you. Fix my eyes on your perfect way. And I'll never look back. 
I will say, should the world by me fold, lift up your name as the darkness falls. I will wait, hold fast to your word, heart on your heart and my eyes on yours. Heart on your heart and my eyes on yours. All right, you guys can have a seat. Good morning. My name is Liv. Welcome to Genesis. We're glad that you're with us. Uh, just a few announcements this morning. Please take a moment to let us know you're here. So either fill out the digital connection card on our website homepage, or there should be some physical green cards on the back of the pews that you can still write on and turn in. There should be a wooden box in the back of the sanctuary back there. If you are new to Genesis and want to join our text distribution uh, list, please text new to Genesis, all one word, to 94000, 94000. So we want to change the world through creating spaces of belonging, through helping individuals identify and develop their calling, and through taking action for the good of others. So one space of belonging um, opportunity is through our small groups. We are going to start a church-wide fall emphasis on October 22nd, entitled All Inclusive, and there will be a weekly small group component. So this will last if you're not already in a small group, which will also take part um, in this church-wide initiative, you can join just sort of temporarily for the six weeks, uh, October 22nd through November 26th. So there are a couple of um, opportunities. There's some sign-up sheets in the lobby Actually, they're back there. I saw them if they haven't moved um, right in the back of the sanctuary. If you want to do that in during connection time or after, you can also let us know um, on the green card or on the digital green card that you'd like to join a group for that six weeks. There are a couple of options, whether it's, you know, families, couples um, and different days and times. So we'd love for you to join us. Uh, for that, but if you are interested in hosting or leading a small group, there's still time to sign up for that. So please let Nate or Bo know or write it on your green card. So we desire to see God's kingdom come through developing in our individual callings. So we are going to practice hearing from God. So Saturday, October 14th, so two, I think two Saturdays from now, um, 9 to 10.30 a.m. here at church. We will be playfully and practically learning to pay attention to the voice of God. We know this can sound very intimidating and new, but we will be sharing simple practices of listening and making space to experiment. You can do this. It was written here for me to say this. So you can do this. We can do this. Um, so we'll have coffee and donuts ready. Um, please plan to join us for that. Another space for belonging is we need your help for Sunday morning hospitality volunteers like with coffee, greeting, or ushering on a Sunday morning. So we need to fill about five to eight more spots once a month for hospitality volunteers. So if you're willing or interested, again, uh, fill that out on your green card or let us know uh, via the office. Uh, lastly, if you are looking for a way to tangibly reach the next generation, you could help feed them physically as they're coming to be fed spiritually through the crew program. So consider contributing a meal or a snack 
for a college Bible study sometime in the school year in partnership. Uh, Andy and Maddie Marshall work with the crew in Detroit at Detroit Mercy. And our members here at Genesis, I don't know that I saw them this morning, but Maddie's contact information should be in the e-blast. If you're not getting that, again, you can do that or sign up um, online or via join our text. Uh, so if you want more information, have questions, uh, there is a meal, I think, sign up, uh, meal train link sign up via the e-blast. So thanks for considering that. And we are eating together today after a worship gathering. Andrew's excited. So please plan to stay. Our meal for the theme is Will It Taco? And the only way you'll be able to find out is if you join us. So um, at this time, take a moment, stand up, say hello to one another for a few minutes of connection time.
Just chilling? Well, good morning again. Welcome to Genesis. I'm Bo, and this is Andrew. But all you guys know Andrew. And if you don't, you should. Uh, welcome. We are teaching through our values. And our values are a friend of mine, when they talk about values, they say that you've got a destination when you go on a big trip. And our destination, and this is an extreme one, is to change the world. Right? That's the destination of where we, who we want to be. But to change the world through creating spaces of belonging for people to belong, for inviting us all into calling, which is discipleship, to be shaped into the likeness of Jesus, um, and to activate, to say yes to all the little small little moments that God's inviting us into. So that's our destination. But our values are like, how do we get there without killing each other on the journey? Right? So the car trip, the vacation thing with your family. So that's what our values are. This is, this is how we live. This, this is who we are. Um, they're not meant to be aspirational. They're meant to be tangible. And so today we've got two of our elders of Genesis. They're each going to be sharing on one of the values. And so that's, that's always so, so, so good. We get to hear from them and be encouraged and to hear the language that they've chosen to illustrate these values that are lived out here in this community. So the first one up is Ben Regal. And so Ben, we're thankful that he is um, stepping up to share that value. And so, so, so far it's been good, right? To hear those stories and that real life. And we're glad you're here, but we're gonna hand this over to Ben as he gets a moment to illuminate this value for us. Thank you, Ben. Awesome. You can hear me okay? Uh, so, was that seems loud, is that loud? Okay, it's good, it's good. I gotta use the mic. So authentic community is, uh, Bo had asked us to look at, you know, one that stood out to us. And uh, immediately I'm like, authentic community is the thing for me. Um, in my personal, my professional life, I have two companies that are built on authentic community. Like it's, it's what I actually do. I'm, I would say that in the last few months I've realized I am a community builder. That's actually what my job is. <laughs> so uh, it's near and dear to my heart. And it's also something that I've been uh, really figuring out like what makes authentic community work. And I think there's really like three tenets. But I first wanna read, is it up, can we put it up on the screen? I hope it's on the screen because I did not memorize it. <laughs> Authentic community is we seek to be a people that God might dwell among, open, honest, accepting, welcoming, and non-judgmental. We recognize that we are better together than apart. And to me, the last part is really the thing that you have to kind of hold on to and believe. We are better together than apart. And I have three things that I think make community work. One is vulnerability. You, and, it, and I do think that community is required, there's something that is required of you, and this is one of them. That vulnerability is a thing that we are being asked to do. 
And that's not easy, right? <laughs> it's not always easy. I want to give you two quick stories about vulnerability that, have, that has happened with me and people in this community. My two, two of my elders and one who's been with me for, uh, if any of you know, I've been an elder for a long time, feels like a long time, um, and did two different stints here. Uh, and Sandra Guzman was, has been an elder with me for many years. Sandra's not here this morning, she's on Facebook. Um, but early on, I would say, if I was honest, I did not fully appreciate Sandra. That I didn't really understand her. She's, she's older than I am, she's different than I am. We come from different worlds. And one time in a meeting, she said to the group, I don't feel like I belong here. I'm different than all of you. And uh, for me, it was like this, I don't know, reckoning, awakening to the, and horror vulnerability kind of shook me out of like, and today I would say that I, I can't imagine it without her. Uh, in fact, I told her that in a text yesterday, it was like, I want to tell this story and I want you to know, I may not say this to you all the time, but you have been a crucial part of us doing this together. I couldn't imagine it without her. But if she hadn't been a little vulnerable and told me, and told us in a group setting, right? That's hard. I want to fast forward a few, just a couple years ago, Bonnie Backing was just become an elder. I asked her if I could tell the story, so. And we were at our retreat. It was her first time kind of with us. And she broke down. And she, and, I, and we were kind of like, what's going on? She's like, she said something similar. Feel like I don't belong. Like this, the elder qualifications, I don't feel like I'm qualified. And I think, I don't know who said it, it might have been me, but someone said, if that were, you know, if your level of qualifications, no one here would qualify. But, but it also was her being vulnerable with us saying like, I don't know if I belong. But I think it's an essential part of being a community, an authentic one, is there's this level of vulnerability. We probably all don't feel like we belong in some way, right? So that's one. The second is a concept that I've taken, you may remember it being, uh, if you've been here a long time, called invitation and challenge. I call it support and challenge. And the balance of that is essential in a community. And what it means is you have to have a level of support for people. Sometimes people are gonna walk in these doors and they are going to need support. And we are here for that. And sometimes people need to be challenged. And we are here for that as well. <laughs> because both are important. The balance of both actually makes authentic community work. And I'll give you a quick example. I'll use an easy one. My wife, Jenny, if you know her, she is, uh, she's all support. And for people in her small group, you would recognize that she's all support. And for moms that are struggling with kids with autism, she's all support. And would drop anything for those people. Um, she models that, and I know a lot of you do. I would just use my wife as one. And challenge can be a lot of things. It can be helping someone get out of their framework of the, the, what they've talked themselves into. It could be uh, challenging their perspectives. 
It could be as simple as, I'm gonna use Julia Jackman as an example, in a budget meeting, asking great questions. <laughs> Which frankly pushes us to do and think better. And without those things, it doesn't really work. And I think the other thing, the last thing I'll use is we have to be able to live in the tension of the messy. And this is where it gets weird, right? Do you know how risky it is to give a microphone to any person who wants to talk in a church? Does anyone, I, as, a, as someone who puts on events, I know most of those people and I still think it's risky. We do that here every Sunday. It's actually the thing that I have the biggest struggle with because I'm afraid someone's going to say something that is then going to be like, right? Is any, anyone else in the same similar situation? But it's also probably a tenant of why this community works, right? We're able to kind of give the freedom. What is God saying to you, even the stranger, the person who's never been here? People have stood up. It's their first time. <laughs> How many times have we heard that? It's my first time here, and I'm going to stand up and tell you what's going on in my life. That's unbelievable. Two times, a sun, two times a month, we have times during our service where we get, gather around a pew and we talk in almost like a small group. You don't know those people sometimes, and it's a total random selection. <laughs> How many of you grew up in a church that would do any of those things? Maybe a couple, maybe a handful. And if we were honest, most of us grew up in a church that was not authentic community. It did not ask of you to be vulnerable, to support and to, to challenge people, and to live in the messy. Because living in the messy today means I may not agree with Liv, and I may not agree with Scott. And we have to be okay with the tension of that. Because if we all agreed on the same thing, it wouldn't be any good anyways. <laughs> Let's be honest. You have to be able to live in the messy. The other thing that I would say is that people are going to be different on different parts of the journey. People are gonna be at different stages. And again, we have to be willing to live with the messy. In addition, I also believe that the other thing being required of you is that you be willing to change your mind. That over the course, if I think back to like, when I was thinking about this talk, over the course of the last 15 plus years that I've been at Genesis, and I know some of the people who've been with me that whole time, how much they have changed. There are some of their ideas, some of what they believe, how much they've changed over that course of that time. And I have to believe that part of being the community has helped them do that. I have to believe. And I also think like as I've gone through my uh, my world just recently starting to believe, starting to realize that like uh, one of the businesses I run, 
I've come to the conclusion it's probably time to change or leave that business. And the reason is because I've changed. So community is one of those things, right? It's all of these things put together. It's messy. It gets weird. There's forgiveness. There's grace. People are going to say something to you that's stupid. It's kind of like being in a family that you actually really like. <laughs> you kind of have to put up with Uncle Jimmy, even though Uncle Jimmy says bad stuff. <laughs> I heard this great uh, lyric from a band that I like that just recently put out a song, and it was talking about kind of redemption. And um, one of the things, that, one of the lines says, we might have to erase the lines we've drawn. Earlier in, this, earlier in the song, they say we might have to redraw the lines, and later in the song, they might have to erase the lines. And I think... And I think about that last sentence of our values. If we really believe that we are better together than apart, we might have to erase the lines we've drawn. So to me, that's what authentic community is. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to pass it to the real talent today, and that's Nasha. And she's going to talk about one of our other values. So Nasha, come on up. Ben, that was very intentional of you to say it that way. Hey, because I had just told him how nervous I was. And he was said he was the opening act. <laughs> and I said, y'all might be disappointed when I get up here. So if you don't know me, my name is Nasha Green. Usually you see my face on the screen with the, with the, the green dress. And I'm like, because that's my um, headshot for work. I'm usually not here in person, and actually, I feel like I need to start coming back. Whew. <laughs> and I'm going to talk about all the life of worship. Um, ben and I did not coordinate any of what we talked about. And it's funny, before I came up here, I was like, there might be some overlap. There is some overlap. And I had told Ben, if it happens, that's because God is in it. So yes, there's definitely some overlap. And before I get into the value, which you can pop up on the screen now, some, a couple of things you said, like I had my notes and I have more notes from when Ben was talking like, yeah, that's right. That's right there too. So the value I'm doing is all of life is worship. If it's on the screen, we can read it together. God is good. In response to God's faithfulness, we are compelled to respond with worship reverence and praise in all areas of our lives in work play study prayer giving and service so when i looked at this one it's one of my favorite values because it's easy and you'll understand why it's easy by the time we get to the end of this but for me to understand things i have to almost dissect them i have to take them apart right and there's a lot of good words in there that for most people were like, oh, that means this. I don't like to make assumptions about my intelligence. So I go to the dictionary and I break it down because it'll make it make sense to me. Like everybody learns different, right? So we're going to break down a couple of the words in here um, because I'm sure we all know what it means. 
but then I'm gonna reread it with those words breaking down and you're gonna be like, oh, that is so easy. I can do that. Um, before we start, I do wanna say that the past couple of weeks I've been at conferences like Ben for my work, I work for the state. I do a lot of public speaking. I develop a lot of training. This morning, I was so nervous. I was late getting here, which is not uncommon. I'm late to everything. But I was late getting here, and one of the reasons is because I was at home, honestly, finding things to do. And I'm like, okay, I have, what did um, Jenny call it? Time blindness. I got it all day long. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I folded clothes. I heated up my five-year-old something to eat. I played with her for a minute, and I'm like, oh, I have time. The movie The Incredibles, remember when he was fighting crime and had to get married? And he's, she's like, don't you have that thing? He's like, I'll have time. That is me all day long. But for me, it was anxiety, because I'm like, okay, I gotta go, one in person. I was so tempted to text Nate and Bo, like, I'll just be on Zoom. I'll just Zoom in, I'll be fine, but this is better. And then I got here and I sat in the parking lot, like, oh, God be with me. Give me the words and the tone to say what you need people to hear. So I've been at this conf two conferences the past, three conferences the past month, out of state, in state, wherever. And one of the things that's been coming up, so I know this is affirmation, and Ben talked about it, is that not feeling like you belong or imposter syndrome, right? I'm sure everyone knows what that feels like. To be in a situation where you're like, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, and people don't like me. And if you know the reverse of that from Saturday Night Live, if you're my age, remember Stuart Smiley? You're good enough, you're strong enough, and doggone it, people like you. That's what you need to live with instead of the other one, right? So I'm saying that for a reason, I'll come back to it. But all of life is worship. Worship, do we really know what that word means? I'm gonna break it down. So according to Webster's, giving our deepest affections and highest praise. So I did a biblical definition. True worship of God is when we love him with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. Okay, worship. I think we got that, right? We are, everybody gets that. Reverence. I had to look this up, because I'm like, I don't know what that means. I use the word, but I don't really know. Profound respect and love. Think of that. We give reverence to God. Profound respect and love. So when you have a reverent attitude towards God, you honor him, you express your gratitude to him, and obey his commandments, which is hard, but all of life, we are a masterpiece, so it doesn't matter, because he knows us, he knows his kids. He knows we're gonna mess up. He knows we're gonna say that, what we shouldn't say. He knows we're gonna think what we shouldn't think and he loves us anyway. So you should be reverent in your behavior and your attitude. Sometimes you can do one and not the other. Sometimes it's easy, most times it's hard, but reverence, that profound respect and love. Praise, we know what praise is. I could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> praise, lifting God up. Joyful recounting of what God has done for us. Praise is the acknowledgement of all the wonderful, righteous deeds of God. Praise. And then we have faithfulness, because I was all the way done, and I was like, but what does faithfulness mean? 
The act of remaining steadfast and committed, demonstration of loyalty. So you see how I took four words and broke them down and it helped me understand this value so much more. So another one I wrote down was compelled. You feel that you must do it or it is the right thing to do. So I'm gonna reread that value the way the definition is, right? It's not on the screen, so just, just let it sink in. God is good. In response to God's loyalty, remaining steadfast and committed to us, we are compelled or feel that it is the right thing to do for us to respond with giving God our deepest affections and highest praise, which is worship, show profound respect and love, which is reverence, and lift God up joyfully, recounting what he has done for us by acknowledging all of his wonderful, righteous deeds in all areas of our lives, in work, play, study, prayer, giving, and service. Doesn't that sound easier? So, one thing I heard, I used to listen to T.G. Jakes a lot, and one thing he said, because I didn't understand praise and worship, we worship God for who he is, we praise God for what he has done or what he will do. So looking at it with the broken down version, it actually makes more sense. We are doing this, we're living this way because of how God loves us how loyal he is to us in all of our mess. We're still in his side pocket. He's still right there with us. I did a teaching last year. It was about August and I talked about waiting in the wings. He's always there regardless of what we do. Why wouldn't we want to show reverence? Why wouldn't we want to worship or praise someone for that faithfulness? We're faithful to people that don't do that. Let that sink in. So let's be faithful to God because he does. So in this value, what do you think God wants us to know? I personally think he wants us to know that it's not that hard. That we can do this. We can do this in our everyday life. We can do this in all of our actions. Look, I left all my fidgets over here. I don't even need them. Thank you, God. Um, that we can do this as we walk down the street, when we grocery shop, when we're at work, if we're young, we're in school, we're studying, you can see where God can show up. But the biggest thing is, are we listening? And if we hear it, are we acting on it? So the other thing I think is, this isn't a holier than thou type of thing. You don't have to Bible bash. You don't have to stand up on a soapbox or a corner and preach about how good God is. This can be general conversation. It can be just the telling of one, two things. It is how you act, how you interact with other people. How many people in this room have ever been hurt by someone? How you respond to them shows the God in you. Am I gonna be petty with that person? My son said yesterday, you know, it was petty. And I'm like, that's not petty, it's just setting boundaries. <laughs> Maybe a little bit petty. I'm, I'm a work in progress. We're all a work in progress. It was a little bit petty, but I didn't want to tell him it was petty. I'm like, oh, you're just setting boundaries. It was petty, but it was, it was righteous pettiness in my mind. 
I guess I have to talk to him when I get home. <laughs> but people hurt us, and what do we do with that? Do we hurt them back, or do we extend grace? Do we forgive them, or do we hold on to it so much that it, it can make us ill, and they don't, they've gone on with their life? So even those little things, we don't have to be the person that say, you have to do this and you have to do that. Because that person's relationship with God, that's their relationship, not ours. Pray for them, extend that grace. If the boundary is, maybe that's not someone you interact with, that's cool. But maybe it's just someone who is now an acquaintance instead of a friend. I think if we took more time to know the definition of words, we would use them better. and We would behave differently. And I'm saying this because what I just said had me think about what I had to talk to my 15-year-old about. You are throwing that word friend out a little too loose. That might not be a friend. That might just be somebody you go to school with. What is a friend for real? You know, that might just be an acquaintance or someone you have a class with. So getting to know what a word means and how you use it could further your behaviors, good or bad, hopefully good in this context. But just understanding that we don't have to always feel like we have the one to have authority, that we're the ones that have to tell someone what to do, leave that to God. If you have kids, you know how hard it is just to take care of the ones you got. Don't feel the need to parent other people. I'm just saying. The other thing is, um, no one is perfect. There's not any, well, I guess this is gonna sound crazy. So I'm a little silly, and as I'm up here talking, things are coming, and I'm like, I can't say that. I'm gonna say it. Strive, to, you wanna strive to be more godly, to be a certain way, but none of us are perfect. There's no manual, and then I was like, but the Bible is kind of like a manual, right? So I guess there is a manual that tells us how to live. I'm sorry, I'm cracking myself up right now. Um, but we didn't come with a little pamphlet and in a little instruction book, like when someone says this, you do this. And when someone says this, you do this. No one's perfect. If you look at the Bible, were any of the people that God used perfect? Not a single one. The only one was Jesus. He is the star of the show, and everybody else was a hot, flaming hot Cheeto mess, a flaming hot Cheeto mess. And I know us in this room collectively aren't nearly as bad as one or two people in the Bible, right? Think of David. Come on now. So give yourself some grace and don't be an imposter. Don't feel like you're an imposter because God will equip us in everything we do. So how does this value reflect the heart of God? I think it goes, all the values, as I look through all of them, they're so interconnected and intertwined. It leads to authentic community, right? It is that God, we are all a masterpiece in the rest of the values, they're all connected. So I think it reflects the heart of God because with all of them, this is how God sees us. And that is hard to accept. God sees me as a masterpiece, okay but I know what I was thinking about and what I did and what I said, it doesn't matter because he knew I was gonna say it. He knew I was gonna do it and he loves me anyway. So I think it's, it shows the heart of God because he's trying to help us understand and know that even when we don't feel equipped, he will equip us. 
in all areas of our life. So how I've seen this value and this, I was told you've seen it. Yeah, probably, but it's not like I'm thinking this all the time, like, oh, that looks like this value and that looks like that value. I just be people doing what they do, right? Um, we, I'm, in a, I'm in a Bible study and we meet on Fridays. Hey, cool, I'm gonna talk about you. You, you, Abby, there you go. She's like, what? <laughs> you didn't even know it. It's good, it's all good. Well, I'm in a Bible study, we meet on Fridays and there's people in my Bible study who do this. You have already heard their names, but I'm gonna repeat some of them anyway. Um, we have Karen Hutchins who's in our group and she is always talking about the different parents at her kids' school and her interactions with them, maybe not even all the best, but how she prays for them, how she will, if the conversation comes up, and if Karen's probably on Zoom, if she's not here, because I didn't see her, she's probably like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. Yes, Karen, I am, because she is so different from when she started our Bible study to now. She's like a totally different person, which is beautiful to see her ask those questions and talk through it and dig deep into the scripture. But she'll, if, if the person is kind of hesitant to, you know, she feels them out. And if she can pray for them, she will in the moment. Or she'll come back to our group and be like, I really want to pray for this person. This mom's having difficulties, things like that. Isn't that worship? Amanda Hines dot, 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 everywhere. Amanda is like my sister, my friend. We live next door to each other. Our, we've lived next door to each other for like 13, 14 years now. That is her all the time. There is no faking her. We can be out somewhere and she will go up to people and just start a conversation. And really what she's doing is listening and then from her listening, she will respond. And usually there's going to be a conversation about God in that. That is all of life is worship. She'll do it if we go to the movies, if we go to a restaurant. She doesn't like the shop, so she won't do it there. It doesn't matter at, at the school. She does it everywhere. And Richie, in his acts of service, I can call Richie like, hey, are you busy? Can you help me get this couch in the house? All right. He helps get a couch in the house. Hey, do you think I can borrow a drill bit? I can't find mine. All right, here's a drill bit. And because we share a, a driveway where houses are literally right next to each other, I'm like, hey, here's your stuff back. I'll drop it over the fence. You know, we had big storms and the branches fall down. And I'm like, I can't even break this thing up. I don't have a saw. He's like, don't worry about a saw. I'll just drag it in the backyard and chop it up for wood. Thank you. He is such a kind person. And if you ask him and he can do it or he has it, he will be there. And it's like that reminder that God will put people in your life that you don't know you need until you need them. And he shows up. And that is his way of giving. That is his way of serving. For Abby, and your act of service in opening your home for people to learn to swim, and just taking the time to offer that as a space of, I would say, safety and family and care. That is how you're showing that. And helping with Carmel and the McCarthy's and the little things that one person might say is, oh, that's nothing. 
meaning so much to someone else. That is service, that is worship. So that is a piece of you giving back in the way that is showing how good God is. Thank you, Abby. Genesis musicians, how often have you come in here, maybe in a mood, and you hear one or two songs and all of a sudden your whole spirit is filled up? Whatever, was, whatever the song did to you in that moment, you walked out of here. You don't know how many times I have Shazam songs. And I'm like, oh, I got to save that. I have a whole YouTube playlist that says church music. And when they're really, really good, I'll save them in there or I'll find the things. Because I do the Zoom and I have the PowerPoints, I, I copy the songs. I have a folder full of church songs. Because sometimes you just need to hear that one song from that one Sunday that reminded you of how good God is right so even in not to say even the musicians but all of life and in every aspect i think part of it is we have to look for it sometimes go into a situation saying god use me you know who do i need to help i always say every before i leave my house every day before i talk to people before i do any meeting at work god give me the words to say and the tone to say it with that is my mantra because you can say things and the tone can be wrong, right? So I want it to come out the way God needs it to come out. And that's just something that sits with me because I already know there's gonna be a situation um, where I'm the next person. I feel like my purpose, I'm purpose-driven. I feel like the purpose of the work that I do is to plant seeds, seeds of change. So the work that I do, I work for the state of Michigan and I work with individuals, well now I work with businesses and help them with their diversity, equity, access and inclusion needs, specifically around disability employment. So I might meet with a frontline manager at a manufacturing company or the VP or C-suite of Henry Ford Health System and everyone in between. And when I get into those situations and we're talking about, you know, reasonable accommodations or getting people into work or helping people keep their jobs or long-term disability. I listen to what they're saying. I listen to what they're not saying. And I listen to the Holy Spirit. And if it feels like I can say something related to my faith, I listen for the prompting. And if it's a green light, I'll say whatever it is. I have never been wrong in that. And when I'm seeing it, I'm not talking about what I did at church and all this. It's usually something that has happened in my life that can relate to what someone else is saying. And I'll be like, oh, I totally understand that. And I know when I was going through that, I prayed so much. And I talked to people who I feel I can trust with that information. And we would pray together. And they're like, you know, at my church, and I'm in this, that, and the other. And it's like, there we go. So for me, my work is probably my biggest missional community. And this is with people that I know. Just the, what, today's Sunday, Friday, one of my, um, Thursday, one of my coworkers said something was going on with her. So I texted her separately, prayed for her. I said, you know, I'll keep you in the situation in my prayers. And she responded, I'm so blessed to be around such, because it's a, a lot of us at work, um, such holy people 
I need a little JC in my life, Jesus Christ. And I need, she said, I need to get better with that. And I said, a little bit of JC never hurt. Meet people where they are. He's good all the time. And her final response with the, with the hands was, I'm ready to surrender like this. So I didn't respond right away because I wanted to pray on that a little bit. The next morning, I sent her a prayer this long. And that prayer was that God will show up in her current situation and show his hand so that she can see how good he is. And there was some other stuff in there. So I told one of my friend's coworkers what was going on because she is also one of my prayer warrior partners. We, prayed, we were going into a meeting before the meeting. We prayed for her in her situation. Now, this was 10 o'clock on a Friday at work. We prayed for our coworker and her situation. And she is handling that situation now in a whole nother state. All of life is worship. And she even said in that moment, God, where two or more are joined together, you are in it. And da 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 da. And it was, we were crying at the end of that prayer on work hours for the state. I get paid to pray. I love it. And there's so many examples of that I can give. One of my coworkers did a strongman competition in the spring. And she had a list, and I, was, I didn't even know she was like a spiritual person until we had a conversation. She had a list of prayers, and she emailed the team. Our team has about 25 people and said, if anyone has time, I'm developing a prayer schedule. And if you can take time in your day during these different, you know, where she'll be on the Ironman and just pray, it'd be greatly appreciated. She had a meeting with some of us that were interested sent us the scriptures. I shared it with my Bible study and my prayer group. I think I shared it with the elder group and the pastors. I had selected a slot. It was like an hour slot. And she just had constant prayer. She wrote her scriptures on her arm. So as she was running or bicycling or whatever, she could remember those prayers. Who can do that at work usually? So I do believe, for sure, all of life is worship. And mine might not overlap to all areas of my life, but it pretty much does. But my job is where I plant seeds of change. My job is where I can have authentic communications about God and the Bible. Who can do that? We can all do that. And we can all do it wherever and whenever we want to without feeling like it is a burden or it is heavy because it only takes listening, and acting on what you hear to know all of life is worship. So, what do I love about this value? I think I've said it. We can do this. We are all awesome. That's what I say before we do a presentation. Let's go be, go, let's go rock this out. Let's be awesome. Let's go rock this out. Let's be awesome because we can all do this. And it doesn't take, it's not this big, huge thing. Most of us are already living our lives this way. We just don't recognize it. So allow God to come into you to say, hey, this is worship. Hey, that is worship, because we're already doing it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Well, thank you, Ben and Nasha. Those are a couple of the elders here in the community. Next week, another elder will be sharing. And Bonnie is sharing next Sunday, so we're excited about that. 
these values. So we're, we're eating together, and, and a couple of things as you stepped in, Ben was talking about vulnerability and authentic, uh, and, um, authentic community, and we just got to live that as a part, even the testimony time when he was referencing that, and where Hannah, you know, stood up and just like, all right, Lord whispered to me, forgive like I forgive, and she's telling us, you know, we get to experience this right here live. Um, with us. And Nikki was sharing with us too. Um, Nikki is, as she had said, she's transitioning off the role of the, off of the, our family ministry director. And Nikki is, has been a pastor in this community. She's very uncomfortable with that language. But you heard her, she did one shift at Trader Joe's and she's already loving and serving people there as a mom who steps in. So if she's not a pastor, I don't know who is. Um, and so know that as she steps and she's like, okay, Lord, you have something different for me. It's different in the title, but it's not, it's not different in any of the way that she lives. And, the, and all of life is worship is actually one of Nikki's favorite values, too, as she shared that with us a number of times. So, Nikki, I loved you getting to hear that and, and, and do that. So, Nikki says she's transitioning off at the end of this month of October. Um, and so we, we know we're going to be honoring her and remembering her. But, and today we're going to be eating together. This is a part of being community and sitting at tables with each other. So make sure you sit at the table with other people, welcome people around. We've got a Will It Taco bar uh, down there, and we're going to eat together. And so please stay. There is enough food and all assortments of different things. Grab a taco, be together, experience community in that. And if you have a chance to just to love on Nikki and her family as they're here, and to remember a way that she has loved you, loved your kids, or influenced that for sure to grab her and, and love on her as she's getting ready to make this transition. Thank you for being with us. Father, thank you for tacos. Thank you for beans. Thank you for chips. Thank you for salsas. Thank you for protein and rice and your provision for us. You are good. And to get to hear it from others and to have each other, we're grateful. You have blessed us with community and with people and to not be alone today and to be with you and with others. Thank you. Amen. So if you got kids, go grab them, head on down to South Hall. We've got plenty of food. Stick around and we will eat together. <laughs>